Hi, I'm Ryan Gold, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. everybody from a very hungover league list here in Glenrothes. Um, you're listening to your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast, Glory Days of Gold. It's going to be a kind of different show um, this week because we've no Doug, we've no Scott and we've no Michael, but we do have a new voice who we'll introduce you to just shortly. But first and foremost, good evening, Gordon Henderson. Evening. How's your weekend been? You missed the game also yesterday. Yeah, I missed the game. Um, I had plans for Saturday. Those fell through, and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch the game, and I got so pissed off that I'll overcharge an £18 just decided not to. Yeah, eighteen, but eight, like £18 for streams I know. a bit excessive. I can't remember who I said this to the other day, but £18, that's two decent OnlyFans accounts, eh? Like, that's, <laughs> that's two decent OnlyFans subscription. Um, and to be honest, you know, We've got a bunch of tits most week at Bayview, so at least this time we might get to see a pair of pair. But nonetheless, <laughs> we'll move on. We've got a different voice, like I say, this week. Evening, James Smell. How are you? Evening, Lee. Um, I'm very well. Yeah, good. Thanks. We um, thanks for answering our our call. Um, somebody that actually went to the game yesterday, and, and I, I don't know if I can say happily paid the eighty pound. <laughs> But yeah, um, so James has joined us to to give his insight in the game yesterday because I also missed the game. Um, but yeah, just tell us a bit about yourself, James, how long you've been a fan. We normally ask our, our new recruits about favourite games, favourite goals, that sort of stuff. So just tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I'm the relative new boy at Bayview. Only been going the last two or three years. Um, I'm the hood behind the Methyl Major account on Twitter, so lots of winding up race supporters and that kind of stuff. Um, generally try to be quite positive, quite optimistic, um, and try to put down some of the guys who are constantly just looking for people to be sacked and so forth. Um, but yeah, um, so still kind of finding my way with the East Five piece um, and getting to know a lot of the faces around there, but really enjoying it. Um, yeah, uh, favourite games? Ooh. Uh, the past couple of years has been kind of difficult, obviously, with COVID and things. Um, but a couple of good away days up at Montrose was really good. Um, obviously, this weekend, um, I think, well, as you'll see when we get to the game and that, there's more positives came out of yesterday than maybe on first sight, um, Luke. So I have to ask then, if you're a relatively new fifer, what what inspired you to, to, to choose the five? Very long story cut short is I'm in the army. My um, sergeant major was from Methyl and he highlighted, um, I had a job a couple of years ago based in Scotland and he pointed out that they did a discounted ticket for guys in the army. Yeah. Um, and I think initially he was kind of joking about it and basically I went along on a Saturday 
I think off the top of my head it was Montrose was our first game at Bayview I think um, and then um, yeah I got a bit hooked um, and I'm now at the point where I'm paying for a full season ticket going most games home and away um, travelling home for weekends from Salisbury so uh, yeah um, but yeah it's kind of <laughs> yeah that's well fair enough so where are you actually from then? Um, well, originally, as a kid, kind of grew up in uh, Dunfermline, Edinburgh, the borders, moved about a bit. And then being in the army, I've kind of, I went to uni in Dundee. And then since I've been in the army, I've predominantly been based down in England. So it's only the past couple of years I've really had a chance to have a season ticket in that. Salisbury's a, a beautiful place in the earth as well. We've got some friends that live down there. So yeah, no, pleasure to have you on and, and obviously more importantly welcome to being a Fife fan I, I do want to point out something to our listeners though um, that I'm not just recruiting people that are only positive if there's anybody in here that wants to come on and be negative be my guest like genuinely like, I want people from every point of view point of view perspective whatever um, I've, I've heard this banded as the, the Darren Young Appreciation Society on the podcast and that's not entirely the case um, you know, I, I am trying to be as, as impartial as possible and, and listen to people from, from all sides. Um, so all, all joking aside, anybody wants to come on, if you've got an opinion, you're more than welcome anytime. Just give us a, a DM on any of our social medias and we'll be happy to, to have you on. So I've actually a big news week um, at East Fife. We signed a striker and somebody that's either a midfielder or a striker, depending on which social media account that you're looking at. But two good players... But I think the big bombshell for, for a lot of people being Tony McMahon, um, who's been a stalwart down at Bayview. He's, he's done it. And look, my, my feelings on Tony are well known. I think he's a, a top, top guy. Um, and I was absolutely gutted to, to see him go. But, you know, his exact words were, he's like, you're getting a major upgrade. And I was like, well, we'll see. And sorry, Tony, I love you, but Stevie Frail is an absolutely outstanding addition. You know, knows the game so so well in Scotland. He's he's been at some big clubs. He's managed in the Premier League. Um, you know, he's been at Hearts. He's been at Tranmere. Um, so got loads of experience. Gordon, I'll come to you first. Um, that bombshell initially with, with Tony. How did that sort of land with you? Um, I was quite surprised. I think you know it was um a bit of a shock. I think pretty quickly I saw that. So that what he's he's basically he's given up assistant manager role to sort of take up a bigger role with the East Fife community. Yeah, so club. he's he heads up the entire community football club for us. He was doing that plus um plus the, the manager's job, the assistant manager's job, ah, right. and plus some other stuff as well. And I think his missus told him to rein it in. Just um, getting a bit much. I mean, I, I think, think it's. Um, you know, I, I I like Tony as well. I think sometimes with um, assistant managers and stuff, it's sometimes difficult to know. You know, the, man, the understandably a lot of it, good or bad, falls in the manager's head. Um, but I like Tony. Every time I hear him speak, I think he kind of um, he comes across really well. I think he's someone that's good to have around the club. Um, I think it's um, it's good that we're not losing him entirely. I think if you know if he's going to kind of concentrate on that side of things um, and we obviously seem to have got in a good replacement um, I think I think that sounds quite good you know um, I think it would have been a bit disappointing just to you know if he'd just gone away somewhere else or completely left the club but obviously he's still kind of going to be around in some sort of capacity so no I, th- I think I'm pretty happy with that really yeah 
And then, obviously, like we say about Stevie Frail coming in, a, a big name in Scottish football um, in terms of, I mean, he's clearly held in high regard in, in, in coaching circles and, and you'll see some of the other um, social media stuff that's come out. People that are, you know, very well known throwing their weight behind that appointment saying, you know, what a difference it'll make. What, what was your take on that? How, how you know, it just seemed, you know, he was assistant manager at Dundee United last year. Um, under Mickey Mellon and then you know dropping down a couple of divisions I, I don't know how long term it'll be I obviously don't know how long the contract is that he signed or if he's doing stuff to keep himself occupied in the other days of the week who knows but I mean it can only be a good appointment and maybe he could teach us how to defend a corner yeah, definitely yeah I mean I, I I wasn't quite aware you know went on his wiki page and seen what he's been doing he's obviously he's got a massive amount of experience at a, you know a range of kind of levels and it just I mean it sounds like a really good you know if you're if you're looking for an assistant manager that that sounds like an absolutely brilliant kind of guy to get in um in every sense so yeah I mean it may be you know you don't know what uh, people's sort of situations are maybe maybe he's kind of he's here for a bit and then he goes on somewhere else but can only see that as a positive and yeah like you say uh, you know an ex-defender maybe that's somewhere we can kind of he can add a little bit of expertise on. Let's let's hope because from what I've seen yesterday, it looked like a complete clusterfuck of a defensive display. Um, and by all accounts, I mean I, I watched our highlights. I've watched the the Alawa highlights just to make sure that you're getting a true reflection off of it all. And we actually looked like we played pretty well. But we'll come to that later on with, with James. James, two signings this week. Um, Kyle Connell, my my boss, is a, a Kelly fan, and he was gutted to see him go. Um, somebody that's clearly well thought of at Colmarnock, um, played at Blackburn Rovers as a youth, looks a prospect, and I, I think that he, he apparently had a pretty good season last year. I think he was at Airdrie, um, and Airdrie fans were, were certainly singing his praises. What did you make of Kyle yesterday? Were you impressed? Yeah, definitely. Um, loads of energy, movement, um, fantastic. Um, seemed to be tying in well with Liam Watt as well. Lots of good interplay there. Um, it seemed to be a bit more slick between midfield and up front. Um, it was, yeah, it was really quite promising. And what, I mean, last week you highlighted one of my tweets where I said about why can't they get more shots in there? That wasn't a problem yesterday. Lots of shots going in there, both him and Semple. Um, banging in shots from outside the box and not afraid to do so and I thought that was really positive I'm thinking that Darren listens to this show you must listen to it <laughs> must listen to it every week and go see that Lee he never shuts his fucking mouth but to be fair you know, that I'm, I'm glad to see that addressed did we uh, kick the ball out of play from kickoff last week we didn't kick off the game um, so yeah, maybe, uh, did we put it right out <laughs> No, um, so that didn't happen. But uh, and also, we didn't concede a goal from a corner. But then yeah. they didn't have a penalty away. <laughs> so no goals from a corners, no goals from penalties. But the left back appears to have been exposed a few times yesterday. So you know, I had to get at least one of my gripes in. But we move on and look, Jimmy Semple. I mean, what a way to announce yourself. Um, I, I thought that. When he hit the shot, I didn't actually, when I watched the highlights, I didn't even actually realise it had gone in until he started running away. I thought it looked like it hit side netting, but what a, what a goal. And that's both of our goals this season have been from outside the box. 
Yeah, that's going to be one of my points, that we don't score tap-ins at the minute. Um, it was uh, in the stand, similar to what you're saying, from where we were looking, there was a noticeable pause as people, the same as what you're saying, are like, is that, hit the, it's in. Um, so, yeah, um, and the confidence of the guy just to take it on and do that, it's brilliant, brilliant to see. Awesome. So, I think it's time we'll, we'll get into the game, but just before we do, here's a word from our sponsor. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Also sponsoring this week's show is Har Barber, traditional barbers in Leslie. Um, available for all haircuts, fresh towel shaves and more. Pop in to see David and the team for any booking information. You can also visit their Facebook page and thanks for your continued support, David. So here we are, guys. Now, one of the things I'm going to say to you, James, is as a relatively new East Fife fan, a lot of the, the existing fan base that have been through the wars like Gordon and I and a few of the older people as well will be saying that level of positivity that you have is clearly because you haven't been hardened to the shite that we've witnessed year after year after year after year. So I'm actually quite excited to, to have uh, somebody with a bit of positivity, um, but we'll see how long before five beat that out of you like they've done to pretty much everybody else. But, I mean, how did we start yesterday? I mean, we held it at nil-nil for a, a decent while. I think that, do you want to know what, before we go into this, I mean, Stephen Boyd getting two goals into us. Um, and and I, I don't know why, but see, yesterday I fancied us. I just didn't think that Aloha looked like they, they had a decent team. But what did you make of Aloha first and foremost then? Um, one of the notes I, I sort of scribbled down in my phone was we made a bang average Aloha side look good yesterday with our defending. Um, Stephen Boyd... Um, Salmon was relatively quiet. Uh, Stephen Boyd, he is nothing special. In fact, there was a couple of crunchy tackles he put in that, I mean, on a different day, he wouldn't have been on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I think the defence, I'll come to later on, there's, there's big issues in there um, that need to be remedied. Um, starting the game, we were a bit disjointed, which is maybe to be expected with so many new players. Watched last week against Queen's Park, and it was, I think you'd, you'd highlighted on last week's programme, it was really refreshing, it was invigorating, they came out, they had a go at Queen's Park, and Queen's Park seemed a bit surprised. That didn't happen against Alloa. They, for the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, dictated the game, were pressing, and I think some of the guys, it just seemed like they were stepping back a bit, um, and it wasn't what we'd been used to. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, a bit disappointing to begin with, but we gradually came more into the game. Um, I think one we highlight in the sort of first 20, 25 minutes was uh, Danny Denham. He got one good long ball. I hate that sort of resorting to just punting the ball up the pitch, but um, there was one good, really well-crafted pass. I apologise, I don't recall who sent it over to him, but he picked it up well and he had two or three good half chances. Um, And again, he seemed to be bombing up the wing quite a bit. And um, I just... A point I've put down about him separately was he does a lot of the work. A lot of his work goes unnoticed. He doesn't get as much credit as I think he probably deserves. Um, he does a lot of the sort of dirty work, gets back for tackles, but also bombs on when he's needed to. So um, I think, yeah, not the start we wanted to the game, but there was wee positive signs with Danny Denham in particular. Um, I think the other thing I noticed 
is Alo had obviously done their homework because throughout the first half, Liam Watt was heavily marked. At least one player constantly on top of him, if not at times sort of a couple of people uh, being quite robust, for want of a better phrase with him. Um, so maybe afraid of obviously what they'd seen he'd done against Queen's Park. Um, I think a real frustration for me was the first Alawa goal. Um, Higgy missing the tackle on the wing, the player going on. And I had that moment you highlighted when I, uh, our goal at Bayview the week before, as soon as he got past him, I was like, they're going to score from this because the momentum was there, the movement was there. And you just look at it and there was two, I counted at least two of their players sitting in our six-yard box, nobody anywhere near them. It's like, this is absolutely criminal. And what really frustrated me was um, Higgy and Liam Watt sitting arguing afterwards. It's like, lads, it's done. It, yes, it's a debacle. Let's get on with it. Um, so, yeah, that was sort of not the positive start we'd seen the week before. Um, however, um, a couple of high points from the first half in particular. Uh, Liam Newton. He rarely, I think only once yesterday, did he lose the ball. And he had a lot of touches. Um, and he's always positive for what he's doing with the ball. He's always looking about him. So, um, And what really struck me is uh, there was quite a few big boys in that Alloa team. And he is a lot stronger than he looks. He looks quite a slight player. And uh, he was easily standing his own. So he was playing pretty well. And again, I just highlight Denham. He had a, a really decent snapshot before half time. Um, but, and there was a reasonable penalty claim. I think it would have been a bit harsh on Aloha if we'd got it, but obviously we would have claimed it. Um, so, yeah, the, the, in the first half, not necessarily the game we'd been anticipating after Queen's Park. Um, but then you look and say, I know uh, Kev Smith wasn't playing. I don't know if anybody knows the reason why or what was going on there. I think you only had to look really last week, um, Gordon. Both Kev and Sean Brown just looked dead dead on their, dead on their feet and yeah. when they signed the two new boys you kind of fully expected them to go straight into the team you kind of just thought they're going to be where our main threat lies I mean you go in 1-0 at half time and I know you've watched the highlights but for me that's another goal down the left hand side that just seems to be so common and look I know we've got injuries that that's evident you know the, the, the injury the injuries that we've got are great um, but equally I mean I I'm not entirely sure that, that Scott Mercer playing left back is the, the right decision um, even when we get Murdo back I'll, I'll be happily to be proven wrong but it's just a, again it's a square peg in a round hole and I just you know they, they've signed um, Alwa I'll notice had Daniel Church he got an assist yesterday um, and I mean we had him he wasn't great but is, is that down to how he was being coached when he's time at us? Because I know that he's went on to to Dundee and he's went on to, to Alawa and he's, he looks to be having a decent time of it. But, I mean, realistically, I don't think that we've had a, a decent left-back for a few years now. And, and why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, it does seem to be a problem. Um, I, I mean, think really since... I'm struggling to think since Gary Naismith stopped playing or, or left. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good shout alone. Yeah, he was good. Um, but obviously we have struggled with it for the past couple of years. I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's easier said than done to say, oh, let's just go out and sign, you know, a good left back. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe there's kind of fewer going around at the moment and they're kind of harder to get. And he obviously, you know, doesn't want to go out and sign someone 
just, you know, we could go out and sign a, a left back for Penny Cook Athletic or something like that. But, you know, it doesn't want to do that. Um, but it is, you know, it's becoming a bit of a, a running problem, definitely. Um, and I think for two years. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you've, you've got to, you know, to just so we're not accused of being the Dan Young Appreciation Society, you've got to say it's a bit of a it's a bit of a black mark. He's not been able to fix such an obvious problem. And I, I know, I know it will be difficult. You know, I know it must be frustrating. I imagine they'll have been talking to people over the summer and, you know, they'll go and sign for somebody that's offered more money and all the rest of it. Um, but, you know, sometimes things are difficult and it's, it's an area of the pitch that we've had problems with for a long time. And yeah, certainly the, obviously it wasn't, a, it wasn't, a, it was Higgins that missed the, the kind of tackle for the first goal, but you know that yeah. was coming down that left hand side to get so much space. From what I seen, he looked uncharacteristically poor yesterday. Um, I think there was a couple of mistakes from him. I I genuinely wonder. I mean, him and Watson seem to have a good understanding, but anytime I've watched him and Dunlop, it's like they're not that comfortable playing together. I don't know if it's a lack of like talking. I don't know if it's a lack of trust that like, he doesn't trust. Um, they're not playing alongside him but from what I've heard rumour mill wise um, we're interested in Dan Higgins from Cove um, as a potential centre back so it'll be Higgins and Higgins um, <laughs> and two centre backs um, I, I don't I, I don't dislike Ross Dunlop I think he's a good player but I still think that there's an area we need to improve um, but then you wonder if you sign him because um, I mean he's still on contract with Cove um, so I don't think they'll let us come to, to us for free so we're going to have to pay for him I pay for him I, I pay a fee for him a baby baby yeah um, so we'll need to potentially look at that and then do we have enough money in the, the, the kitty to, to go out and get a left back will we do that if we're going to be playing Scott Mercer there could we play um, Scott Mercer at right back sign a new left back and put Murdoch in the midfield um, so there's loads of different options of looking at it but yes um, I, I do agree I think that Darren really needs to look at that soon because if we're going to have injury problems, we can't keep square peg and round hole in all the time. And that and we've done that for too long now. I mean, I think we probably need someone to bring someone in that can play centre half anyway, because really um I know you, you can move players in there, but we really only have two centre halves as well, right? It's yeah. just it's just a lot. I mean, we will pick up injuries and suspensions, so we kinda that is an area we just we need a body first and foremost and a good player on top of that so the one thing that I've got um, down here James and you you could let me know what your thoughts are on it we missed a lot of chances yesterday a lot I mean Sean Brown honestly does I don't want to get on his back too early but he's missing a lot of clear cut chances and, and how many do you let him have before you start going he's just maybe not going to be cut out for this level or is it going to be a case that he's going to get one and then he'll get two and then he'll get three what's your thoughts from from what you've seen yesterday and on Sean Brown in general Um, yeah take your point with Sean Brown I mean how many chances do you give him yesterday there was a lot um, and there were some really simple things that you're thinking, he's got to finish this. Um, and I think it was highlighted because having the two new boys in there as well, really bombing for really positive, um, taking shots from all over the place. 
and you just sit and think, is it either the dam is going to burst and somebody is going to take a proper doing off us, and I'm talking four or five goals, because it could have been that yesterday if yeah. we'd have put away our shots, or our chances, sorry. Um, but it wasn't. And, so, and arguably, it goes back to that point, we've scored two goals in the league so far, and both of them have been absolute stunners. And yet we're not... Pa- There's ones where you literally are screaming, just pass it into the net, and they're they're going wide, they're going over and things, and it's a real frustration. Um, There's plenty of opportunities for us to score yesterday. On a different day, that could have easily been sort of literally five or six one to ourselves. Um, but people just not finishing, not taking the opportunities. And yeah, uh, Brown, I think, how long do you keep going with this where we keep saying, I mean, it's early days still, but I hope, I hope he has a day where he just blitzes somebody and he gets two or three. Anything to add to that, Gordon? What's what's your thoughts? It's it's difficult to say. I mean, I think watching the highlights, there was there was one in particular. I watched the Aloha highlights, um, and there was one where you know, but he should have scored that, and I'm sure he puts that away nineteen times out of twenty in training. You know, he's good. He's good enough to score that because at the end of the day, you know, I'd have expected to score it if I was in his position. You know I mean, so it's just. Um, you know whether it, whether it's something that's kind of in his head um, or not, or it was just a a bad day or something like that. We'll see if it's if it's something that I don't know if it's something that's playing in his mind or whatever. Something he's got to get over. Um, but I mean, certainly the one I saw was was very very simple, and he's a good enough player to score that. Um, he has to be. So it's like, I mean, you know. he wasn't the only one yesterday. Um, Danny Denham had a chance that he should have buried. And, and like, we, we just don't seem to have that cutting edge. Like, we, we just seem to fanny about or, and, or maybe take the extra touch, like um, James was saying, or just do the, the extra one move that we, we probably really don't need to do. And I guess it, it must, I mean, it must have been frustrating as hell for you yesterday to, to witness all these chances and none of them going in. Yeah, um, it's quite noticeable from Darren Young's uh, interview after the game where he said two or three times we need to be more ruthless. And I've been saying this certainly for the whole of last season where it's like we need to be more clinical. We need to take the chances. We've not got an issue with producing chances. It's finishing them. And the, it's, re- it's really frustrating. You're sitting there and going, other teams would be putting these away left, right and centre. And we're producing loads of opportunities. So some really good play in the midfield. Passing the ball about, lovely. Um, and yet, just that finishing, that real killer blow. And like you said, if you don't take your chances, you'll get punished. And we got punished yesterday because we didn't put away the chances we had. They weren't a great Aloha side. They weren't, tactically. Uh, for long periods of the second half in particular, they were quite happy just to sit back. Um, I saw the stats for like possession and things. Over the game, they had more, but in the second half, we must have had the majority of the possession and they were quite happy just to absorb the oppression. And then the two goals they had in the second half, both on the counter-attack um, and relatively straightforward for them to take and back to the defensive problems we spoke about. You know, I think it's, I mean, what the issue is really that, you know, we've had good forwards, but we haven't really had what you'd call a sort of, you know, an out-and-out finisher, goal-scoring striker, probably aside from Jack Hamilton. You know, Wallace, great player, we all like him. He's not that really 
uh, Kev Smith isn't that. Um, you know, unless you can get a player like that in, it's 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 going to be difficult. Um, you know, just obviously, even you know the forward players that we have, it's, you know, they don't really have that kind of that kind of instinct. I know that type of player, um, and it's probably. And I'm sure everybody, I'm sure Dan Young sees it and, it, and it's frustrating. But and, unless you can go out and get someone who's that kind of player, it's probably always going to be like that, I think. Another game on the bench for, for Jack Hamilton yesterday, but he got off the bench. Yeah, sorry, today even. He got off the bench. I keep checking and hoping that they just go, oh, we'll let you go back out on again and hope it's us. But unfortunately, I don't think that we live in the world where good things happen to us. Um, and you know, even now, I mean, Dan's obviously made his, his signings, his strikers, he, he's always uh, the business that he's done. And you know, I think that once these boys start getting a bit more game time, we'll, we'll hopefully start seeing the best of them. But you know, one thing you know, that we've, we've seen the sample goal, we've, we've touched on it already, but beautiful, beautiful finish. A goal outside the box again, you know, both our goals this season will definitely be in our end. Season showreels and we'll be deciding which one we thinks the better goal for a potentially goal of the season. But the the other thing that I'm I'm going to touch on that I've written down is 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 Scott Gallagher again. I'm really beginning to lose confidence in him. I think he makes routine saves well, but I'm not so sure that is is going to be what we need him to be, Gordon. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair point. Um, I think from yesterday, from what I can remember anyway, I think I would certainly question him for the second goal. That's the one where I think Church crossed it into the left and Salmon kind of nipped in ahead of, I think, was it Dunlop? But Gallagher, and you know, they were both there and Salmon seemed to sneak it in. Um, I would certainly have a question mark over that one. First one, I'm not, you know, not really sure about it. I wouldn't blame the keeper for that one. No. Um, third one, I can't really remember. But I think it's it's obviously a question mark that, that we probably had before the season. Um, and I'm not sure... I'm not sure he's done enough to kind of get rid of it. Um, but I think I'll kind of reserve judgment for a few more weeks at least. I think, you know, you look at the teams that he's played for, you know, under 21 for Scotland, was it Rangers... You know, he's, he's played at a decent level. And, he, I mean, he was at Rangers for a long time, so they obviously seen something in him that they liked. But, you know, I'm definitely, jury's out for me. Um, you know, one of the things that Tony had actually called out, um, I'm sure it was when he was on the show, was about Brett coming for crosses. And I just don't think that Gallagher looks like he commands his box at all. I mean, from what you've seen yesterday, James... It was really noticeable. The only voice you could hear in there was Higgy. And he's shouting and screaming, mega frustrated, but the keeper, quiet all afternoon. And yeah, he does the absolute basics right. But I think we've got to be careful because we've gone from the position where we had two high quality keepers to now one who's he's all right or so far from what we've seen. He's doing the basics well. But you've not seen a game where he's really stood out and made two or three quality saves. And it's, yeah, and I'm not 100% confident. Um, certainly the second goal, there's question marks over um, The other two, uh, I think there's a number of people need to put their hands in the air. 
because yeah, just the amount of space their players had in the box and things, and the lack of pressure on them. So yeah, I think obviously he's got time. Um, he's, like I say, he does the basics right. But I'd like to see, like you say, a bit more command in that box because yeah, yesterday the only person I could hear in the defence shouting and screaming at people was Higgy, and I think a lot of it was frustration. You know, Higgy is a leader. I mean, you just have to look at him and the way that he reacts and and how he you know gets on everybody's back to, to, to show that he's that sort of command and centre half, you know, before your time, but we had Stevie Tweed at us who was just an absolute menace. And, I mean, he made, um, I don't know if you listened to the episode with, with Johnny Smart, but, I mean, him and Johnny Smart are, are probably still go as far as saying that the best centre half pairing that I've seen at Bayview. Um, and, and Stevie brought Johnny Smart on leaps and bounds. We're so, we're sitting now in the table. I think we're about seventh on two points. Um, I don't think that we've got any cause for concern. Um, sorry, one point even. I don't know why I'm saying two points. Um, I don't think that we've got any real cause for concern. Um, if if we have a look, there's Cove on a point, um, Airdrie on a point, Clyde on a point. Um, minus two goal difference so far. Um, surprise package: Dumbarton. Top of the league on four points, Montrose on four points, Queen's Park on four points, Falkirk on four points, and then you've got three points apiece for Peterhead and Alloa. Next week, obviously, we've got a, a big game again. Hopefully, we can start seeing some of our boys getting back for injury. But, Gordon, can you see a positive result next week? I'd like to say yes. Um, it's a tough game. I know Cove got beat yesterday, but I think to me it looks like we are continuing on from last season where we may just be basically shite away from home for some reason. Um, you know, it was a decent performance against Queen's Park. The fact that Queen's Park have gone and beat Cove pretty comfortably today should highlight that. Um but obviously, we've just, you know, the level has dropped a lot away from home. They're looking at going away to Cove. Cove last season had a fantastic home record. You know, although they've only got a point, people expect them to do well again this year. Um, one positive is that Fraser Fivey got sent off yesterday. So he'll yeah. not be playing next week. And I think he's the best player. Um, I would take a point right now. Um, and, you know, we, we, we can go and get it. But, I'm not going into that game with too much optimism, I don't think. Well, I mean, looking at our upcoming fixtures, James, um, Cove, um, I, I know that we've got St. Johnson under-20s on Tuesday, but I, I honestly, just the, the under-20s teams just turn me off so badly. Like I'll, I'll not even watch that. Um, we've got Cove, then Montrose, and then at home, Peterhead in, on the 28th of August. I could genuinely see that being our first three points. Like we could go all the way to the end of August without having a win, because um, I, I can't see it again on on next Saturday. But first and foremost, will you go to Cove? Will you be there? Yeah, I'm going up there, and uh, yeah, I'll be there for the St Johnston game as well. I think there's a potential impact the St Johnston game. Are we back on this roller coaster where last week we had a really good game? I really went to Alloa expecting a decent performance. And then it, obviously there's a bit disjointed with new players coming in and things. And it 
just went off the boil. And we saw this last season where we'd get two or three games on the go and we think, oh, we can make some progress here. And then we'll go to his, uh, the likes of Peterhead, just as an example, and get beat. And you think, where's that come from? And so I'd, Cove, I think we could go and take a draw, given their recent performances. Um, I think out of those three games, I would happily take four points, realistically three points, and kick on from there, because Montrose is going to be a tough game. Um, Peterhead is a get the likes of the game that we really need to be looking at taking all the points from. Um, so, yeah, um, I'll be up at Cove. Um, yeah, if we can get a draw, I think that's a positive result for us. Gordon, are you going to Cove? I would, but I, I can't next week. I've got my niece's first birthday party, so I will miss Cove. Um, that sounds awful. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have you been at our first, uh, first birthday party before? I haven't, no. I mean... All the best. Yeah. Your what, what, <laughs> what can you say? I don't, you know, she doesn't know it's her birthday or anything like that. Exactly. So she'll not know if you're not there. So just get yourself away up to Cove. I'm actually off next Saturday and I'm thinking about going up. Um, I wasn't going to try and do as many away games. Um, and the last time I went to Cove, um, regular listeners of the show know I got caught speeding on the way up. Um, and it was the first game of the season last year. I had three points before he's five did. Absolute <laughs> bastards. Um, so... So still got a little bit of bitterness around me in that sense, but you want to know what it'll be? Uh, it'll be good to get back to an away game and and hopefully see all the five faithful there. We're going to come on to your your three two ones from yesterday's game. Um, Gordon and I have made a decision that we're not going to do a Michael and give three two ones based on a, a five minute highlight reel. We're going to just let you choose the the three two ones for the the show this week. Okay. Um, yeah, really attacking performance from us despite the scoreline. So it's kind of reflected in my 3 2 ones. I've got Jamie Semple down for three, um, not just because of the goal, although it was fantastic, um, kind of took us all by surprise. Also, just his confidence. And we spoke about that interplay with the midfield and things. So, um, yeah, really positive start. Uh, Liam Newton previously spoke about but I think he had a good game across the park um, and a couple of shots he got off as well um, which were not far off target and again when these start going in we're going to start picking up points um, and finally uh, Kyle Connell he got a bit of treatment in the game from the Allo players there was a couple of really hard tackles on him uh, one really cheeky one uh, from Boyd which I think possibly could have been more than the yellow card he got so yeah but he he cracked on and, again, was not afraid to have a shot. So um, I think that's where the positives in the game lay, was up front um, and amongst the new guys there, although it did take them a bit of time to get into the game. Um, yeah, so um, I think there's more positives to take out of this game than on first reflection. Um, and I don't think the score really reflected the game. Um, I don't know if you... Did you see both sets of highlights, uh, both the Aloha ones and our ones? Yeah. I think... East Fife TV were much more balanced. Aloha, the highlights were dominated by what they did in the first half. And in the second half, it was literally, here's our goals, um, aren't we wonderful? When the reality was in that second half, we really took the game to them. And that's shown by the fact that both their goals were on the counter-attack. Yeah, and kind of came out of the blue. And you could sense that from their supporters as well, who were getting frustrated in the second half. Um, so yeah, um, and that's just because you just paid 18 pounds again. 
honestly, I, I can't believe it. And like I was explaining it to my wife, I was like, oh, 18 pounds. She's like, is that not like three pounds more than what you would be at Bayview? I'm like, yeah, but it's, uh, I know it's only three quid, right? Like, but it's a big difference. It's, it's the greed of it as well to me as well. It's like most uh, League One teams, it's like 15, 16 quid. And I'll have just gone, now nah, we're on 18 quid. And it's like, ugh. Falkirk are the same. Um, yeah. And uh, Airdrie are going to be the same. I mean, I get I get the argument for Falkirk. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get the argument for Falkirk and Airdrie that, you know, they've got these kind of big stadiums and stuff. And, you know, you're guaranteed quite a good view. I don't agree because I don't like going behind the goals. The view at Airdrie is great. But you're like, Aloha, you know, there's a gazebo. You put up yeah. a gazebo and you're charging 18 quid. And 18 quid to get into the game is one thing. I'd probably, if I was going yesterday, I would have probably paid that reluctantly just to get to an away game. But 18 quid for the stream. I suppose the, the argument to that is, is if they dropped the price of the stream, then it would have stopped people going. But how many, I mean, I don't know what kind of capacity they had anyway, like 300 odd. You know, if you're an Aloha fan that hasn't been in a game for 18 months, are you going to go, they could probably almost fill that up with season tickets. I mean, yeah, nah. I mean, if I could have gone, if I was if I was planning to go to that game, I'd have been happy, happy to go to the game. Um, but it's just, nah. It just seems a bit greedy I, to me. I think from an East Fife perspective, one of the stewards mentioned on the way in that they were expecting sort of 80 to 100 from ourselves. Now, if you're looking at, I don't know if it's 300, 400 guys getting in that ground um, and the way they were spread out and things, it it wasn't great. Like you say, the gazebo there is pretty poor. You don't get a great view of the pitch. Hmm. Um, and 18 pounds, yeah, it's expensive and you can so kind of pay it through gritted teeth. But one of the younger guys on Twitter pointed this out to me. He's like, well, it's not 18 pounds, is it? Because it's 14 quid to get on the coach. It's a fiver to have a pie, a brew, a half time, and it's everything else that goes with it. And it's like, You've hit the nail on the head, just sheer greed. I mean, why? You're not paying... The standard of football that we're seeing there is not at that level, and it's it's not acceptable. Uh, clubs should be pushing back on this. Uh, but that, that's the thing, though, is, is particularly now, you've got all these clubs around us paying big money, right? They have to bring the income in where they can. And one of the things that we spoke about pre-show, but we'll bring up now, is... Cove made a loss of 120,000. I'll say that again, 120,000 pounds last year. Now, there's no financial fair play, right, in the, the lower leagues in Scottish football. But realistically, there has to be something that stops these clubs that are being bankrolled by one person because we've seen it in the past, Gretna. Um, Blingery, you know, these clubs that have gone to the wall because they've had somebody that's had a club as a plaything, and then when he goes, Oh, I've had enough of this, or chucks it, or whatever, these are clubs with fans that have, have watched their teams for years that could potentially lose their club altogether. I mean, Cove Rangers, I mean, were a Highland League club for however many years, I don't think they've got a massive fan base. But, I mean, they'll be paying boys like Fraser Fiveys know they're on sweetie money. Shea Logan's know they're on sweetie money. You know, they'll be there on big, big wages. And how are they getting away with it? That's the, the, the bit I, I truly don't understand how they're getting away with 
you know, so, be able to run at such a loss. The suggestion was that, well, it is, I think, like soft loans. So the guys, whoever it is, it's, it's always seems to be like a group of guys or whatever at Cove that they've, you know, they've given these long-term loans and what everyone is saying is, ah, but they'll never pay them back. And, you know, yeah. but why, why would you make it a loan then? Yeah. Why would you not just give Cove the money? Um, clearly, they can call, they can they can ask for their money back. It is, you know, it's, it's that's the thing. It's completely dependent. These guys, if they if they decide no, like I'm 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 in for it. I'm just going to throw money down this pit for however long it takes. Fine. Um, if they don't, if they go and saddle you with a squad that you cannot afford, um, or they decide to ask for their money back. Over screwed. That's it. Yeah. And you know, it, the the tweet um, for any that have not seen it, it's on Twitter at Kieran Maguire. Maguire spelled M A G U I R E. Um, his handle was the price of football. Cove Rangers made a loss of 120,000 in 2019-20. Whilst the club is technically insolvent, it is uh, it is funded by loans from lenders who say they will not require payment in the, the short term to be able to do so. But that that that's scary, scary, scary figures. And if I'm a Cove fan, I'm like, well, what's going on? But that, and this begs the question: then, what's in it for the Cove owners? What what's in it for this guy? Is it a vanity project? Is it something just as like a little play thing? Because he's clearly not doing it, thinking that the club are going to turn into some sort of footballing juggernaut. Um, what what's in it for him? That was going to be exactly my question. What's the long-term plan here? We've There will be, if this carries on, the number of clubs that are doing this, there will be another Gretna because we're seeing it at Queen's Park, we're seeing it at Kelty, we're seeing it at Cove. And these are, fundamentally, these guys, they might be millionaires, whatever, but they're hard-nosed businessmen. And sooner or later, they're going to get bored and go, the money's stopping. And... What is the long-term plan? Not everyone can get into the Premier League. Not everyone can keep climbing up. And if Cove don't go up this year, are they going to say, enough's enough, we're not putting any more money in, we're going to just call it? And Do they really genuinely care? I mean, maybe this is where we're at a benefit, that we look at the board and go, yeah, we don't have the most money, um, but they are financially stable. I think I'm right in saying they made, was it a profit of 20 grand last year? Yeah. And so... It, we're not in the big bucks. We're not there with Queen's Park. We're not there with Kelty or Cove, but we're stable and it's we're working within our means. Um, and I know how frustrating that is for people because they'll look and say, like, like we said at the start, we want a left back. We want a striker. We want this, that and the other. But at what cost? Because I honestly think one of those, we will see another Gretna because... These guys, so some of them are going to get bored and go, yeah, um, I've had, I've tried to play the pipe dream thing and it's not coming off. I'm going to go and do something else. And on, the flip, seem- on the flip side, Gordon, just to, to interject, sorry, um, you know, £20,000 profit. I mean, we're, I'm not sure that our shareholders will be looking for dividends. I don't think that really that the, the club is there to be run as a business, which obviously a lot of the other clubs might be run as. But I mean that twenty thousand pounds. I would be fully expecting that to be invested into the playing squad to see us compete. You know, you know, we're clearly not um, in the financial worry that we thought we might be in. If there's twenty thousand pounds there, get it invested in the squad. You know, we're, we're 
I get maybe keeping sticking some away for a rainy day, perhaps a new Tamale system after that absolute shambles at Bayview um, a few weeks ago. And there may be things that, you know, that if the floodlights need work or the changing rooms need done and all that sort of stuff, we need to have a kitty, uh, you know, of some sort. But, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, if there's 20 grand sitting in the bank, who's to say that we can't just go in and pay a fee for a, a, a defender, a left back, a striker, a, a whatever, if the money's there? Just yeah. give it to- and say, please, can we just have Jack Hamilton? Thank you. <laughs> I um, I agree. I think what it seems to me is because whenever I hear stuff like this, we always, for the past few years, we always seem to run at a kind of small profit. And what probably that is is because I've heard a few football club uh, chairman stuff talk about this. They they kind of budget um, cautiously, so you know they'll budget for going out in the first round of cups and all the rest of it. So. And it seems like, you know, we've been really good at kind of sticking to that budget, not going over it. So because our, you know, because we do it cautiously, we end up with a small profit. And yeah, you do think to yourself, oh, look, you know, I know it's sensible. It's a sensible idea. And yeah, we, we need to replace the tannoys and we need to build up maybe a wee kitty for a rainy day. But can we not just go out and spend 20 grand on a left back or something like that? <laughs> um, I think, you know, certainly it seems to me like, it, it would not be a bad idea to go and spend some of that because if that keeps us in League One, it's worth more than we pay. You know, for example, a few, I think we mentioned this before, but we paid we paid a fee for Ryan Wallace and, um, you know, he ended up scoring a goal that got us through to the, the next round of the League Cup out of the yeah. group stage. And that instantly got us more money and because we played Rangers. That instantly p- paid for his fee, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, at least two or three times. So it's dangerous to always take this view of just spend money and then you earn more money, which is probably why some of these Cove and Kelty folk are thinking. But sometimes I agree. It's like, you know, if, if we can spend half of that 20 grand to to get someone in and that's the difference between staying up and going down, it's worth paying. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So that's all for this section, um, and thanks to the, the boys for joining us. We've got another new section coming up shortly. Um, well, not a new section, actually. We've got a guest on, and Liam Thompson, who's going to be bringing his um, new book to us. He's launched an East Fife quiz book, which for all you ardent Fife fans, make sure you get on and give it a purchase. So he's going to come on and give us some questions. Maybe a little bit difficult for James if they'd ask anything <laughs> uh, pre the 2020s or whatever, but we'll see how you get on. Gordon and I have been going since the 90s, so we'll, we'll see if we manage to, to do well. Gordon's a bit more of a statler than me, so we'll, we'll see how we do. But for now, we'll, we'll bring back the, the section which we had last week, and it's our Let's All Laugh At section. Um, we did um, get some, some good stuff um, and some good feedback from that last week. What are you going to go for this week, Gordon? Um, uh, there's a, maybe not as many as last week, but there's a couple of good candidates, but I'm gonna, not going to go for the obvious ones. I'm going down the divisions a wee bit this time. Because okay. in, in the Highland League, there was a couple of funny scores. But the one that I found funniest was Fraserburgh, six. Barora Rangers, two. Like just talking about teams that, you know, rich man's plaything, throw about money. Um, that's Barora down to a T. They're the original Highland League. Gretna. And I just I just enjoyed that a lot. I thought they're, they're the kind of struggling a bit. He was Did they? After the game. Oof. Oh, that's, oh, that's even funnier. 
Yeah, I thought you might appreciate that little tidbit if you didn't know that. But yeah, he, he resigned. Um, apparently, he said there wasn't a knee-jerk reaction, etc., etc., and he's got a new job down in England, so he, he can't commit the time to it or whatever. But it'll be interesting to see what happens there because obviously they'll be looking to try and break into the pyramid as well, and they've gone close a few times. So, and yeah, Fraser Burn exactly the biggest of the teams from that neck of woods either. So, big surprise. And um, the other one for me that I've not picked as my let's all laugh at was Darvel getting beat. Oh, I think that was during the week they lost to Kilwin and Rangers, I think it was. They lost 1-0. And again, that's a, a club spending big, big money. They've just signed the boy um, that was Queen's Park captains last uh, last year. But his, his oh, name Galt. Was, yeah, David Galt. Yeah, he went there and apparently had said that the, play, the new pitch that's at Darvel was in better, better than playing at Handen. Direct quote. Um, so that's an interesting one but we'll come to you then James what is your let's all laugh at I was going to have a bit of a dig at Barry Ferguson but it's a bit too easy um, no no, no that <laughs> Barry Ferguson bashing is always welcome on my show so um, what, did, what did he do or say no, just um, obviously with less well I don't know if there was less people or just being spread out it was quite noticeable there was less noise around the ground um, so you could hear everything he said and the boy struggles to construct a sentence with the F word in uh, for a kickoff. And I think you, you look at uh, it also doesn't help when he's alongside Darren Young, who when you can see him from the side pointing things out and making changes, it's quite subtle, but he'll be saying to people, pull back, do this. And it's great. Whereas literally the only thing Barry Ferguson did throughout the game was literally just point at the opposition goal. And it's like, I'm pretty sure, Barry, they know the aim of the game is to get the ball in that net. But, um, yeah. And the other one was, um, and again, just to, for a bit of balance, a couple of five fans behind me who, on hearing the Rangers score coming through, or after the Rangers score, as we're just waiting for kickoff, one of them turned around to his mate and said, yeah, that Celtic won the league then. It's what... <laughs> Two games in. <laughs> Celtic got, got beat from Hearts the, the previous no worries. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. There's, there's been a, a few. Um, to be honest, there, it wasn't as as many prominent stories. I mean, let's all laugh at Barcelona could be a, a very, very easy one with the, the Lionel Messi thing. Let's all laugh at all the lower league clubs with a horrendous pattern and their shitty <laughs> Photoshop pictures with Messi in it. That could easily be another. Oh, is that is that is that what's been happening? Everyone's you know everyone up and down the leagues going, oh, Messi's signing yeah, for us. Well, oh, Messi's great. For Fulham Team United, oh, of course he is. I am sure. <laughs> like it's just absolutely honking pattern. Like oh yeah, like literally the dregs. Of, of the football patter cycle, like, just no. Like, I would really rather he just didn't. Um, another few things um, which I enjoyed this week, obviously, Cove losing, um, Cove spending big money, Fraser Fivey getting sent off was very, very pleasing. Um, Montrose um, balls in a 2-0 lead um, in the 91st minute um, to, to draw the Clyde, but what's concerning me is that's a, a good result for Clyde, but does that mean that you get cautiously, cautiously optimistic for next week, or do we go then get spanked and then we can, you know, start worrying? Well, if Clyde are getting results against them and Peter Head are getting good uh, wins and stuff as well, maybe they're not going to be as poor as we thought they were going to be. So you've got all that. But look, my my let's all laugh at has to be dangerous. Um, I, I can't I can't pick anything else. Um, to to lose to, to Dundee United, obviously a former East Fife player and Tam Kurtz, the manager there. 
Tam Kurtz that's been yeah. getting absolutely slated across social media. And to be honest, I, I like Tam. Um, I really do. I think that he did a good job with, with Kelty um, when he was there. I mean, they wouldn't be where they were than now um, without him in it. Um, but an absolutely excellent result for, for Dundee United and just the, the salty tears of Rangers fans across social media takes the, the win from me. But as always, we'll, we'll decide on who's the winner. Um, my personal vote is, is going to go along with Gordon at, at Brora Rangers' massive humping. Yeah, I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that's this week's section. and So welcome to the show. We've got Liam Thompson, um, who's a Fife-based author. Can we call you an author? Uh, if you wish. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you've probably been called better things, you've probably been called worse things, but that's, that's two, two five books. Yeah, definitely worse. Two is five books now under the under the yeah. belt. So just for fans that might not have heard, do you want to give a, a little bit of feedback on the first book you wrote? Yeah, um, I mean, bo- both the books have come out of the work I've been doing over the years on the programme, really. I mean, the, the, first, the first one I did a couple of years ago, and it's really just a, a review of each season for like the last 25 years. But the programme I had been doing that at the end of the season, just an end of season review. So I already had quite a few of them in the bag, if you like. Um, and then I just went went back to when I, when I first um, started watching East Fife. I think it, it was a tweet that I actually seen, funnily enough. And it was about um, 25 years ago, East Fife had, had played um, four for Athletic. And I'd, you know, I, just, I just jogged my memory because I realised that that was 25 years I'd been going to East Fife matches because I remember that as my first game that I went with my, my granddad Fred at the time. Um, so yeah, as I thought, right, I'm going to start put, put something together. So it was good and I'm, I'm quite lucky that I've got a big programme collection. Probably not as big as Stephen Mills, but Stephen, Stephen's helped me out a bit over the years um, in terms of some of the ones I've, I've needed. So that was good because I was able to just go over the programmes and, and different things like that. Yeah, so the, the book starts with a bit of an introduction, just how I got into watching East Fife and, and all the rest of it. And then it's a, a, a season-by-season review. And then I finish up just be talking about my hopes for East Fife for, for the future, really. Brilliant. And that, I got that book for Christmas, so I could definitely testify that it's worth a read. James, probably one for you, mate. Um, definitely worth having a, a little read of that, considering you're a, a new fan to East Fife. Um, party and another one um, was the one by Jim Kerstorfin which is on that windswept plane another excellent book I would definitely recommend that but Liam we've got you on today because you've of your latest book uh, which I've bought um, my, my copy arrived from Amazon on Friday I also treated uh, Michael McCall to it um, he's not well, he'll not know that now until he listens to this so you're welcome Michael and I'll get it posted to you this week but what I thought we could do is give you a chance to come on promote your book, tell us how the, the idea for a quiz book came about and then we thought we would let you ask us a few questions and show us what little knowledge we have. <laughs> I'm sure you have lots of knowledge. I've, I've listened to the programme. Um, <laughs> again, again, I've, um, Alan Duffy, um, who you'll know, he's he's the guy who's the editor of the East Fife programme and has been for, for ever since. The, the Trust took over uh, the programme quite a few years ago now, actually. Um, and it's around about... I'm, must be about eight or nine years ago. Um, I had been contributing articles for the program, and Alan asked me if I would do the halftime quiz. So, and I started off doing that, and I've done it ever since. Um, and obviously, last season we never had a program, which was a bit of a shame for people like me who the program such as 
essential part of the football experience. It was a bit of a loss. So I had time on my hands as well. So I thought, right, I'm going to just do a quiz. And plus, we were, we were getting, you know, we were quizzed out because during the lockdown, everybody was doing quizzes on Z to, to try and have a, have a go. Um, so the, the book itself, 650 questions, and it, it goes right to the start of East Fife's history um, from the origins in 1903, all you know, through the, the great glory years. When you know the fifties and, and the, the, obviously the thirty-eight, the Scottish Cup one, and, and the three League Cups, through the sixties, seventies onwards, and there's there's questions on on different East Fife legends. You know all the all the greats, people like you know David Duncan and Charlie Fleming, Scott Simon, the the great manager, and more recently. And there's a, and there's also a section just random East Fife questions, and it's just basically anything came in my head. <laughs> so um, and of course the. the this this program features so there's a question dedicated to this program as well, and a few a few a couple of questions dedicated to away from the numbers. So obviously, you know Michael's not here, but AFTN was a crucial part of my East Fife formative years. Whether it be the actual the actual printed edition, which I used to buy, if not at the ground at greetings shop at, at the Shorehead and Leaving, um, and then obviously the, the the forum, which was was was. Was infamous really, uh, and every day I would check in at the forum to see what was happening about East Fife. It was, it was obviously I wasn't a great poster, but I, I certainly I loved it, and I, I, I mourn its loss. <laughs> the, the forum had some pretty horrendous stuff in it um, down the years, and James, honestly, um, you could have a visit on the um, AFDN website, afdn.co.uk, you could go and have a little look at that, and we've got our songbook and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, Michael, um, for, for you that obviously doesn't know too well, James is probably one of our most famous fans, really, um, in terms of, he's, he's, he's been on um, TV, he, he wrote the, the famous Cowden Family song, or co-wrote it, as I always get corrected, I mean, literally got death threats for writing that song. Um, so, yeah, definitely AFTN, I, I think Gordon will agree with me, we're similar ages, and I think you are similar ages with me as well, Liam, that AFTN was a, a huge part of our culture, so I'm glad it's part of it. And if, I, if, I'm, if I've made it, like when I've seen the, 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 the Glory Days of Gold question in the book, I'm like, that's me technically a part of East Fife history now, and I'm just going to take it. That's it. As you'll see by my, my shirt collection in the back, you know. Beautiful as it may be. Uh, but look, we'll let you get on. We'll, you can give us some of the questions. And Gordon, I've got a funny feeling you're going to win this, but we'll, we'll see how we do. Right. Okay. Well, first question, we'll go right right back to the very start. Can you, can you name the club's first ever chairman? No, no chance. <laughs> no. No. No, it's a, it's a tricky one. Councillor Sooty, or Sutty, sorry. Councillor Sutty was the, the original chairman of East Fife Football Club. Um, okay, we'll maybe fast, fast forward to more recent history. Ah, that's um, better chance for that. Okay, better chance. Now, 10, ten years ago, uh, July 2011, Bayview hosted the Galvin Bank Hotel Football Festival competition. I don't know yeah. if you remember yeah. that. Yes, I do. Um, can you name all the competing teams? Dundee. South End Rafe Rovers. Correct. Very good. Get in. And I believe we won the tournament on penalties against Rovers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that vividly. 
vividly. That was one of the first times I'd seen us get a victory over the Rovers. And what was even better is the guy that runs the Gilvan Bank Hotel is a massive Rovers fan. So it was <laughs> absolutely beautiful that um, he sponsors a tournament and they get beat. But yeah, Southend had a decent team at that time as well. We beat them too. So there you go. I'll, I'll take yeah. the first point. Thank you. No, no, as well as that, I seem to recall there was a few South End fans that came up for that. And they also, when we played Rangers, um, when we had them in the league, they, yeah. a few of them came to that game as well. I can remember. <laughs> they, they sort of became one of our East Fife supporters. So. Well, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, here's, here's here's one in terms of your strips. No, no cheating here. So when Steve Archibald led the Fifers to promotion, in the 95-96 season, which company was the main sponsor on the strip? And no peeking now. <laughs> was it Andrew Forrester? Correct. Very well good. <laughs> Any more questions would you like? We'll go for three more. Is it best of... We'll, we'll do five more. and we'll see who's won at the end. Right. Nathan Austin scored his first hat-trick for East Fife in a 7-0 Scottish Cup win over which non-league team from Castle Douglas? Barora? Oh, um, Threve. Yeah, Threve Rovers. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll try to keep, keep them more sort of recent. Since <laughs> in yeah. December 2015, Alan Walker left East Fife to sign for which team? Oh, God. Clyde. I'll... I would take a guess at Brechin. No. That did begin with a B, Berwick, Berwick Ranger. He was a chopper as well, wasn't he? he we, we get him for the Rovers. <laughs> yeah. Aye. I did play for the Rovers. Try and pick, pick another one. Okay. Um, following the dismissal of Billy Brown, legend that he was, yeah. <laughs> Ex-Hearts Academy, Coachison was given the task of managing the club. Which former Rangers player was initially appointed as his assistant? Bob Malcolm. No. Oh. Um, Gordon Dury. No. <laughs> no. Um, a clue. A clue, a clue is that this this chap was actually when, in that famous year when we were promoted with Steve Archibald. This guy was was the manager of Sterling Albion at the time who we, who who won the league. Does that give you a clue? Kevin Drinkle. Kevin Drinkle, yeah. Kevin Drinkle was there. I, I think he, he was only there for two or three months, I think. Maybe so less, actually. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the banter years. So good. <laughs> I forgot about Drinkle being at us, actually. I, I, I'd completely forgot about that as well, yeah. Mental how things go in your memory. He was an agent by that. It was only the Sterling Albion thing that because that that was like the first uh, that Archibald season was like the first good season I seen at East Fife and I, I remember that. So we've got one left, one more. We go back go back to this this sort of Archibald. In fact, actually, here's a question with Steve Archibald. Steve Archibald, which club? What was his last club to play for before he came to East Fife? Oh no! Is it a London-based club. Wow. Oh. I have no idea. It was Fulham. What was that? No idea. I played for them. 
I didn't know he played for Fulham either. Yeah. <laughs> An education. <laughs> and that's testament to why the, the book will be great for, for any East Fife fan because not only will you be testing yourself and having fun, but obviously you'll be learning stuff as well. And clearly I need to brush up a mine. I'll, like I say, anything from like 2006 onwards, I would probably be okay. And um, anything prior to that, you know, I was, I was still maybe a bit young. I mean, I didn't actually get to, to really appreciate the, the Archibald era because I was, I was still a wee bit too young to be going to the football in those days. Yeah. But yeah, there you go, Liam. Thank you so much for, for coming on to the show and, and giving us a little quiz. I'm sure we would love to have you back on again if you're ever up for it. Um, yeah. Open, yeah. Open, in, open invite anytime you want to join us. But anybody else got anything that they want to add before we, we wrap up the, the show this week, gentlemen? No, I don't think so. So normally what we do with guests, we give them the, the opportunity to tell them where to find you online. Do you want to give your, your book a little promo and, and tell people how much it costs and where they could buy it? Yeah, I mean, b- both books are available on Amazon. Um, they'll both be, but they'll both be in the club shop when the club sh- shop gets re- sort of restarted. At the moment, is very, there's very little, um, obviously, just because of the COVID situation. And that, but you'll be able to get them there. But if you want to get them just now, you can get them on Amazon quite easily. Awesome. And where can our listeners find you online if they want to see any of your metal musings? Do you have anything, any Twitter presence or anything like that? No, no, no. It's very difficult to find me. <laughs> Complete enigma. Well, thank you so much for coming on, James. Yes, absolutely. You've already gave us a little bit of a, a, a idea where people can find you on Twitter if they want to. Yeah, um, if they just search for Methyl Major or at Major Methyl, they'll find me on Twitter. Um, yeah, a bit more lighthearted look at football and, like I said, as much as possible taking the mic out of the Rovers and, yeah, uh, generally positive outlook. So, yeah, that's the only place you'll find me on Twitter. Gordon, well, know that you do one tweet a year, so I'll not ask people where to find you <laughs> on Twitter. But thank you so much to you all for, for joining us. Another week over, a, a, a defeat, unfortunately. One point on the board. Are we up to Cove next week? We'll see how that looks. But thank you for listening. Take care. And more importantly, one to five. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.